This is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. It's fun and frivolity and cooking steak and it's fine. Will somebody get Kinger a steak, please? Kinger wants a steak. Kinger coming right up. Medium rare, I would assume. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, here's your contact info. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it's the third Tuesday of the month. First quarter rapidly coming to a close. Hell, 2019 rapidly coming to a close, as you love when I say that. And the third Tuesday of the month recurring guest who has probably been approaching 10 years or so. Maybe maybe it hasn't been that long, but it's been a long time. He is a barbecue Hall of Famer, multiple-time cookbook author, TV show host, TV class cooking instructor. And as I had mentioned, you see him here on this show once a month. I am, of course, talking about Stephen Reichland. We have a number of things to talk to with Stephen about, not the least of which tonight marks, or today, Marks the first day of shooting Project Fire, the second season. They're in Florida somewhere, so we'll find out what the first day of shooting was like. Kind of get a live, local, late-breaking synopsis of what day one was like. If it's like anything else, like sports and so many other first day at the job. First day sets the tone for the rest of the shoot. So we'll have to see if there is a complete regroup needed, maybe, or... If the first time out was good and now the tone is set and we're ready to rock and roll. number of other things to talk to Steven about. Maybe we'll get a little off topic with a question. We'll also talk a little bit about lamb, which is my new obsession. So Stephen Reichlin in about 11 minutes. And then we will move to the new third Tuesday of the month guest. That is Robin Lindars from grillgirl.com. That's G-R-I-L-L and girl, grillgirl.com. She has a new book coming out. We're getting into April. We're getting into May. Of course, that is live fire book season. Traditionally cookbooks, of course. Sometimes they're not necessarily cooks books, books, but they're related or they have something to do with live fire in some form or fashion. 
And this is the season of books, cookbooks and otherwise, as they relate to the industry. And Robin Lindars has a new one coming out. It's a little healthy. It's a little electric, I think. So stay tuned for 35 past the hour. If I'm not mistaken, Robin has also signed up for another SCA event. That is the State Cook-Off Association. So we'll get the confirmation. Confirmation. Confirmation on that. Maybe I will tell her that I am almost confirmed for the June 15th SEA event that will be taking place here in Hartville, Ohio, which is 35 or 40 minutes south and then east of me a little bit. So if you're going to be in the neck of the woods and you want to throw down against me and come in second place, I'm more than happy to shellack you in front of everybody and then talk shit about you the following Tuesday. Everybody that finishes beneath me, You're in for it. I just want to put it out there right now so everybody knows if you want to step that game up and come at me or if you want to reserve yourself a little bit and do the next SCA event that I'm not going to be competing in. But let's just say my reputation precedes me when it comes to steak cooking. And there's going to be a lot of me finishing in first place and a lot of everybody else finishing behind me. Remember, second place is first loser. We'll move to the second hour after Robin and catch up with a barbecue documentary effort that I've been doing. We met with him last quarter for the first time, introduced you to Dion Blumenrader. He is the creator of One Sauce. We learned a lot about his background, how One Sauce came to be. So we'll get a little bit of a recap on that just right on the front side in case you didn't get the podcast when he was on the first time. But then we'll move into things that have transpired over the last quarter. And again, this is going to be a quarterly visit. I am already one better than the mission of following three different barbecue teams a couple of years ago, which blew up in my face. Great groundwork, terrible execution, really bad by the end of the year. So, Dion, I am at least two for two, which I was... One for 51 or whatever it was with the barbecue guys. So, geez, OP. I apologize for that still. It's one of my, it's one of the banes of my existence of this show. So, quarterly visit and update with Dion Blumenrader, creator of One Sauce, and we'll see what he's up to. And then to finish out the show, we're going off the board altogether. Nothing live fire, barbecue, or grilling related. Justin Adair, one of the partners of Early Bird CBD. If you're down with CBD oil, then you're going to want to stay tuned for this segment coming up at the end of the show. If you are not down with it or you don't have any idea what it is, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. I am a current user of CBD oil, and we'll talk about that in a little more depth in about an hour and 30 minutes from now, but uh, Justin will help me close the show in that regard. Happy to have you as well. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget to follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, also on Twitter, slash BBQ Central Show on the Facebooks, which is where some of you are watching this feed. If you want to take part in the interactive chat, Hit my main website and then click on the YouTube live link and you can chat it up with such notable barbecue and grilling aficionados as Cookout Coach. Uh, Do I see Dion Blumenrater in here? Also, Kinger, the Backyard Barbecue Show. The, uh, The 
pinnacle of live fire in Boise, Idaho, John Dawson. I think I see the indemnable Steve Brandano. We're all going to be collecting at Larder for a little later. Uh-oh. Never mind. If I could remind you, this is very important. Please do this for me. This is about John Marcus, my friend and barbecue colleague. I want to make it my personal mission, thusly a Centralite personal mission for getting him into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. Go to the Barbecue Hall of Fame website. Everything has been corrected now ever since I railed on them a couple weeks ago about how everything was still out of date and you had to do digging. But everything is up to date. These nominations have to be submitted by April 14th, so don't wait. Do it tonight while you're listening to the show. Nominate John Marcus. Tell them, finish the question, uh, the questionnaire. Tell them why he's good, all the different things he's involved in, all that stuff. I would appreciate that. That's the mission of the show this year. Not me. Don't get me into the Hall of Fame. Let's get John Marcus into the Hall of Fame. Then we can refocus the attention on me later years. Lastly, if you missed the show from a week ago, I was doing a pair of segments with Jack Arnold, backyard barbecue extraordinaire, social media maven. And in the top of the second segment, he dropped tire carrier of the number three car for Richard Childress Racing, Paul Swan, on the line. And we chopped it up for a few, talked a little tire carrier job, how he got into that line of work, and looked ahead to their upcoming race in Fontana, California this past weekend. By the way, top 10 finish, if you were wondering. So show karma continues to reign supreme and reaches through sporting events into NASCAR. But really cool guy, really great energy, and obviously very forgiving. Because he never once corrected me, even though, except for the very first name mentioned at the top of the interview, never mentioned through the rest of the duration of the segment that I kept calling him Phil. Not Paul, Phil. And he rolled with it. Didn't want to break rhythm. Thought everything else was great. I apologized profusely because I would never intentionally offend a man of his size. No doubt about it. This guy is as good as they come because I would have said something after the second incorrect mention if I'm doing an interview. You know what I'm saying? You call me Craig or Ray or whatever. I'm going to say, hey, or Gary. I say, you know what? It's it's Greg. Everything's fine. It's just Greg. You look like a dope. I kept calling him Phil. It was Paul. Paul Swan. Paul, humble apologies once again. But he is a better human than me. Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. You know, Bob Trudnack and the gang over there have always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith, the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature controllers. Easily choose the cooking time and temperature and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or barbecue pitmaster with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juicy meals each and every time. Consistency, consistency, consistency. That's what we're always talking about here on the show. 
Once again, since the Power Draft fan is built in to the monolith, if you don't have a Barbecue Guru controller, you have to go to bbqguru.com and get a controller. If you already have one, all you have to do is wire it into the fan, and you're off and running. If you want to upgrade that tech, certainly up to you. If you have any questions, you call them. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or again, visit the website bbqguru.com. Barbecue Bob teaming up with Bo Kason, doing great bits. Doing that Mid-Atlantic barbecue event. I think it was something like that a couple weeks ago. They're always out and about. Great folks over at the Barbecue Guru. bbqguru.com, 800-288-GURU. And we are back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, grilling oils. Not CBD oils, grilling oils. Although, there might be a market. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, my first guest can be seen right here on this show, the third Tuesday of each month, the 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, TV show host, barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple-time author, Let's go ahead and race to the hotline as we welcome back friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin. Hey, Stephen, how are you? How are you, Stephen? I'm great. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I am doing great. How about you? Oh, okay, good. I think, we, I think we're all right. All right. Little bit. Oh. 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 I am here. How's that? Okay. I like it. Sounds great. Perfect. All right. So Stephen Reichlin is joining us. Stephen, we're going to get to why maybe the connections aren't so good here in just a second. But do you mind if we go off the board with the first question? Absolutely. Right, Let's so go. Assuming you, I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming you might be up to speed on it. I would love your take on the college admissions scandal that we have been hearing about over the last, uh, let's say, week and a half, maybe two weeks at this point. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on? Well, I am appalled by it, but I am not surprised by it. As we uh, all know, uh, in every aspect of American life and politics, 
money speaks and the more money you have, the less you have to follow the rules and do things the right way. Are, so, you, are, uh, you, are you surprised <laughs> at all that the people, I mean, obviously the means are there, of course, but are you surprised that they are spending in some cases more than the tuition would be for the full four years? It's almost like, a, let's call it a, a country club where you pay in order for the privilege to keep paying for everything once you get into the club. I am not surprised at all. Uh, a first-rate education can uh, mean the difference uh, between enormous success and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And, you know, if you have the means for your kids, you want the best for your kids. All right, Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com. They just say sometimes doing the right thing is also the best thing to teach your kids, but that seems to get lost in the equation. Absolutely. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website. So let's talk about why you are not in the normal background as we would see you uh, typically in the third Tuesday of each month, which is in the uh, Miami household. Or, I'm sorry, it's uh, up in the Martha's Vineyard household. Today is a pinnacle, a pinnacle day or a, a tri- potentially triumphant day for you. Project Smoke, the second season. First Project di- Fire, the second oh, season. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Project Fire, the second season is the first day of filming is now in the book. So that's going to be really fun to talk about. So let's talk about, uh, A, again, Project Fire, second season, what you're bringing to the table, and then more specifically, let's dive into the guts of how the first day went and it has a tone been set for rest of shooting. Well, absolutely. So I am speaking to you in Steenhatchee, Florida, on the Steenhatchee River. This is due west of uh, of uh, Gainesville, Florida. It's a town of about 1500 people. We are right on the river. I've always wanted to shoot a show on the water. Absolutely gorgeous fishing boats going by pelicans swooping down low. This is an absolute fisherman's and, uh, nature lovers paradise. Uh, downside is the internet is quite, not quite as powerful as what we have in Miami, but, uh, it's uh, it was just a spectacular day, spectacular set, and I couldn't be happier. All right, so what happened today, if you can kind of pull back that curtain and let us know what happened? Well, basically, what happened today really started yesterday, and that is that our crew converged from all four countries, uh, uh, all four corners of the country. And uh, let's see, <coughs> our production company is from Baltimore, Maryland, our uh uh, producer is from Pennsylvania. Our lighting and uh, lighting and sound crew are from Arizona. I drove in from Miami. Our stylist, uh, food stylist, is from New York. Our chef de cuisine is uh, Chris Lynch from Colorado Springs. We all converged. I'd say about two thirds of the crew has worked together. One third of the crew is brand new. And this group of people that hasn't seen each other for a year in some places never by this morning was a finely tuned team. Uh, what was a grassy, uh, empty grassy lot is now a small city, complete with a field kitchen, complete with a photo studio for wow. doing the beauty shots, uh, a set, camera gear. It's it, it, it's a sight to behold. And that it all came together in 24 hours uh, never fails to amaze me. So are you some since you are the host and and traditionally the face of whatever program that you are shooting ultimately that makes it there are you really invested in setting the tone and showing that leadership and getting things going on the right foot for that first day well i'd say everybody pitches in it is definitely a team effort you know i'm the guy in front of the camera uh 
but uh, there are 23 people uh, working really hard to make it happen. Uh, in terms of the tone, though, I just want you to know that this is uh, the most gentle, respectful, polite uh, TV I've ever done. Uh, everything is please and thank you. There's never a, a harsh word or a, a raised word on the set. Uh, it's it's just it's it's an incredible vibe, you know. The rest of my year and our lives should only be so uh, harmonious. Were there other TV stops along the way where it had been contentious or wasn't, I guess, what you're terming respectful to a certain degree? Well, let's just say that I started with the worst and it's gotten better every year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because I've never done television before. So I thought, well, okay, this is what television's like. It's a tense set. Everybody yells at one another. You know, it's uh, it's an awful experience. But then I uh, I switched producers, and I'm now with uh, Matt Cohn. We're, we're on our way to doing our ninth show together. And Matt really sets the tone as much as anybody. And uh, it's a very much a collaborative effort. You know, everybody comes up with good ideas. And uh, I think the goal of everybody is to make the best possible television that we can. So the goal is to make the best possible television. But do you feel any kind of pressure, whether it be perceived or something maybe you're putting on yourself in order to produce a great show time in and time out? Well, listen, uh, you know, uh, taping a, uh, a 12 week TV show in 12 days uh, <laughs> is it, it's by its very nature, it's pressure. You know, we got started 7.30 this morning. We finished at uh, 7.30 tonight. That was an easy day. We did get one show in the can today. Uh, it's a show called Tex Meets Mex. It's kind of a fun show. I looked at uh, tr some traditional Mexican grilling dishes uh, as they would be refracted sort of through a Texas barbecue sensibility. For, for example, the last dish we did today, it's called Cochinita Pibil, and it's a Yucatan spice-slathered, banana-leaf-wrapped uh, pork shoulder that's traditionally cooked in a pit underground. We cooked it on a smoker, so adding mm. that kind of Texas element. That was really fun. Uh, we did dessert quesadillas, which got devoured so quickly. It's amazing the food stylist had any to, uh, to do the beauty shot with. But imagine two flour tortillas slathered with dulce de leche that uh delicious uh milk caramel cream yep. bananas yep. freshly grated uh cinnamon and crumbled uh salty queso fresco and then grilled until the tortillas are crisp uh, a more delicious dessert you can't imagine when you talk about the food stylist are they taking whatever you're finished with and then making the sexy photo picture or is there a a second round that they're using from start to finish in order to, to really get a, a nice glamour shot? Well, uh, to give you an example, I mean, so the pork shoulders, we, f we smoked five of them today. Uh, I did one on set, but obviously, you know, with a five-hour pre preparation, we've got to have swap outs halfway through, all the way through. So that pork shoulder, uh, you know, I did my version on the set, and then our stylist took another pork shoulder and created another beauty shot uh, that came afterwards. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, it takes about, it takes somewhere between three and four hours to tape one segment and it takes a couple hours to do the beauty shot. So they naturally wow. have to come at the end of the day. So our shows typically what, four segments or five segments? 
Uh, we're doing three episodes, sometimes four episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's a huge amount of work, and there's so it's a machine with so many moving parts. I mean, the lighting has to be just right. It changes every time the sun goes behind a cloud. You know, the sound. Now, in past years, we've been near airports, so we've had to do- dodge airplanes and jets. Here, it's pretty quiet. But you know, every once in a while, a boat come will come cruising by, or motorcycle come cruising by, and you know we have to wait for the sound to settle down. Um, for the grills, you know, it's uh, we've got uh, many grills we've worked with before. We have some new partners this year. Uh, but uh, by, and by the way, uh, you know, just to give a call out, uh, one of my students at Barbecue University at the Broadmoor last year was just went so above and beyond the effort. We called him and asked him if he wanted to be a fire wrangler this year. Oh. So Steve Nestor has been putting our grills together, getting them fired up. He actually got me uh, using a uh, green mallet, uh, mountain pellet grill uh, and controlling it from my uh, my smartphone. So. <laughs> That was a that was a great leap into the 21st century for me. Are you a fan of that kind of technology, or would you rather see it a little more where the person is in control of the fire? Obviously, fire control and pellet cookers are are kind of mutually exclusive. But do you like that kind of technology? Well, I really got a kick out of controlling it. You know, I am a sort of a build a fire and poke around the ashes kind of guy, and very much I do everything by touch and feel and sight, but you know, I'm also trying to learn where technology is going, and I thought it was pretty cool that I could control it from my phone. What's on the agenda for tomorrow? So uh, tomorrow we are um, doing a, uh, a a show that's uh, it's an East Sweets, Eats Meets West show. The title of it is called Chino Latino. Now, this is a style of, of grilling and cooking that developed in Cuba in the mid-19th century when the first Chinese workers uh, – came from Canton to work the plantations and help on the railroads. And we've taken that idea today and sort of combining Asian grilling elements and Latino grilling elements. So we'll be doing ribs with guava barbecue sauce tomorrow. We'll be doing a tangerine chicken teriyaki. Uh, The whole idea is just sort of blending east and west. Are these recipes that you have tried to make sure that everything's going to be good or, or or have you ever just done something off the cuff in front of the camera just to see how it would work out or is that too risky yeah uh, we we don't really take those kinds of risks uh, on the show very often no these many of these are recipes are from uh, past books or uh more importantly from new books coming out books that i'm working on uh i think two years ago at uh, when we were out at the alisaw with the last season of project smoke we had a fisherman, local fisherman, who brought some uh, stuff on uh, the set, and I did not know what they were bringing until they actually showed up on the set. So there we were inventing recipes on the spot. You may remember we did a sea urchin dish, and we cracked an egg inside yeah. of it, called it Eggs on Eggs, and grilled it. That was pretty cool. But in general, now I'd really like to know what we're doing before we do it. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, and he is down in Florida for a 12-day run getting Project Fire, the second season, shot and in the can. Stephen, April 30th, or a little over a month from now, your latest book effort, The Brisket Chronicles, will finally be released, available for pre-order right now through major book retailers and so forth. Has there been any luck in getting the book tour swung through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city? Any update there? 
Oh boy, uh, I am oh. sorry to say, man, that uh, Cleveberg is not on the agenda for oh, the moment. Oh no! But I keep, I keep pushing, I keep pushing, but uh, it's, uh, it may not happen. I just got to warn you. However, if you live in Denver, Denver, if you live in Austin, if you're in New York City, we're going to launch the book on the the Today Show. Uh, We'll be down in Miami. We'll be uh, out in California. So there are other places where you can you can uh, come out and and uh, partake of the brisket. All right. So we will continue to hold out hope here at the North Coast, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Let me ask you, Stephen, to potentially be self indulgent just for a second. You know, through the TV shows, uh, barbecue universities, other classes that you put on. You're in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, obviously. You have the merchandise, the products, of course, and then the books that everybody knows you. Uh, and kind of, it's almost Stephen Reichlin and uh, grilling and barbecue books are, are synonymous with each other. Would you ever say that you have had the greatest singular impact of anyone in the live fire industry as a whole? Uh, I would not say that myself because that would be tooting my own horn. I don't like to do that, but if anybody feels that way, I uh, I am... Deeply appreciative. One of my newest passions, literally two weeks old, is this thing called lamb. And it comes to <laughs> no surprise uh, to you, Stephen, I would imagine, that I had just had lamb for the first time a couple weeks ago. We've gone through time and time again on my non-broad palate or lack of trying really cool foods that I'm getting over from time to time. But I just had it for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I am in love with should I have fallen so hard or should I be a bit wary? You should have fallen so hard. Lamb is a spectacular meat loaded with flavor. Uh, and if you stop and think about it, on any given night, more people are probably grilling lamb than any other meat on the planet. The lamb zone begins in Western Africa. It goes across both uh, sides of the uh, of the Mediterranean through the Middle East, the Near East, down into India, down into Southeast Asia, all the way over to Australia and New Zealand. So lamb is a hugely important meat. And by the way, I'd love to uh, just give a shout out to Jameson Farm, which is the mm. lamb purveyor for our uh, lamb here on the show. And I think they make the finest, they grow the finest lamb in the world. Wow. And they mm. are located near Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So, uh, uh, Suki and John, if you're listening, uh, your lamb just rocks. Uh, that's what we exclusively what we eat at home. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for a real treat, try it. Jameson Farm. All right. So obviously my breadth of experience is not large. I had uh, lamb chops, I guess. So it looked like a prime rib, but obviously way smaller. Uh, what are your favorite uh, cuts or, or kinds? Man, I love everything. I'm a, I mean, I love rack of lamb and lamb chops. I love lamb shoulder. We're going to be doing lamb shoulder uh, later on in the show with uh, Moroccan, with a Berber spice paste, actually, mm. Moroccan-style lamb. Uh, braised lamb shanks, which I actually do what I call smoke braising, where they're cooked in an open pan of liquid, but on a smoker, so you're doing getting both the, the moist heat and flavoring and then the smoke flavoring. That recipe is in Project Smoke. Shish kebab, I mean, lamb is the original meat for that. Lamb burger is a great alternative to a hamburger. You know, what don't I love about lamb? I love everything about lamb. I was talking with Meathead last week, and he was 
uh, probably as big, maybe uh, if not a, as, as big a fan of you are of lamb. He said if you put a, a ribeye on one side and lamb on the other, he would probably die of uh, hunger trying to decide if he should run left or right. But he was not so keen on this stuff called mutton, which I guess traditionally would be associated with Kentucky. Are you a mutton fan? Well, um, I, I let it, let me say that I was pleasantly surprised by Owensboro uh, barbecued mutton. Now, mutton mm. is a very mature lamb. I mean, it's a pretty mature sheep. Yep. And uh, if it is slow cooked with a lot of hickory smoke, as they do in Owensboro, Kentucky, served with a black dip that's loaded with pepper and lemon juice and Worcestershire sauce, it becomes absolutely delicious. Mm. Uh, however, the kind of mutton that was stewed and served to English schoolboys <laughs> uh, you know, is it's probably pretty tough, pretty tough to enjoy. Is there a favorite way of cooking a rack of lamb for you? Is it just on the grill, the like medium rare, yeah, and then cutting and, into chops? For me, uh, it's what I call my Greek island herb rub. It's a seasoning I make. It's basically a Mediterranean herb rub with uh, oregano and uh, basil and fresh mint. And um, I just put that on the rack of lamb. It's a direct grill leave it nice and pink in the center, and mm. boy, doesn't get much better than that. By the way, i got a little trick for you. If you do grill rack of lamb or lamb chops, make an aluminum foil shield, fold up a piece of aluminum foil in three like a business uh, letter, slide it under the bones because those bones are, bones are so slender they'll actually burn, catch fire mm -hmm. uh, when you're direct grilling your lamb. Uh, That's for, the tip for the evening. All right, we'll take that tip and run with it for 11 more days. Stephen Reichen will be down in Florida finishing up the second season of Project Fire. In the meantime, you can find him at barbecuebible.com. And on the third Tuesday of each month, you find him right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Great job, Greg. Thank Have you. a great week. Bye -bye. There he is, Stephen Reichen, live on location. Hmm. Not able to quit Skype. Weird. Let me mute. Just in case. That was really weird. Hey! John Dawson weighing in. Stephen Reichland covered all but two continents. That means everybody that's listening that was playing that game is now 100% drunk. Congratulations, and you're welcome. Let me talk to you as we're talking about books, about a great new book coming out here in a few short weeks. How great is it? Premiered on Amazon.com is the number one new release in the barbecue and grilling section. It's called Grill Seeker, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. Let me tell you a little bit about the author, Matt Eads, from the battlefields of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, Bosnia, to the state-of-the-art outdoor kitchen. Matt Eads is the person looking to unite people through grilling, no matter the race, gender, sexual orientation, cultural upbringing, socioeconomic standing, or political affiliation. Cooking over a live fire brings people together. It's just that easy. Differences get set aside. Work gets done. That's why you should be pre-ordering your copy of Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling right now. The focus of Grill Seeker is to show readers... The gourmet grilling doesn't have to be just a weekend activity. With Matt's tips and tricks, you can craft amazing meals and create amazing memories for family and friends every night of the week. 
the memories and the camaraderie that grilling has created for Matt, dating back to his teen years all the way through his time in the Marines, fuel the desire to spread the passion for outdoor cooking. That's also the reason why he started the hashtag United by Flame movement on social media. Great recipes in this book, let me tell you. And easy to execute, right? Because he's talking about grilling during the week. If you don't have all the time or get out of the mindset that you have to have all weekend in order to do something cool, you don't have to. Five, six, seven times a week if you want to. And you will now be armed with all the recipes to kick ass and take names. Don't forget the United by hashtag, uh, sorry, the hashtag United by Flame movement. Here's what you do. Go to grillseeker.com, just like it's spelled and sounds. At the very top of the site, above his logo, click on the United by Flame link. And then check out the page. Don't forget, you can send a photo of yourself cooking in front of your pit or grill. Share that with Matt. He'll put it up on his page. Now you're a member of the United by Flame movement. Don't forget to stick the hashtag in front of that. Hashtag United by Flame movement. Get into it. April 9th is the release of that book, by the way. It's my friend Matt E. Stick around. Be right back with Grill Girl. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com as well if you would like to purchase. And don't forget to download the free Cookin' Pellets app at the website. Again, that's CookinPellets.com. All right, my other third Tuesday of the month guest is the creator of a website called GrillGirl.com. You can follow her on Instagram at GrillGirl. Of course, I'm talking about Robin Lindars. Hey, Robin. What's happening? I'm fine. How are you? Greg, I feel a little guilty because Uh-oh. I've been drinking champagne for the past two hours because um, Scott and I just bought 20 acres out in the country, and so now I'm a country girl now. Oh, my look, 20 acres. Holy crap. Do you Wait, now hold on a second. Do you have ice in your champagne? Yes, because I'm such a redneck, so you guys just start judging yourselves right now. Redneck, you got the camo on. I mean, that's ice in your champagne. Is it real champagne, or is it sparkling wine? Well, it's from Oregon. We went uh, wine tasting for Scott's 40th a couple years ago in Oregon, and after that, we have joined every wine club ever since. So it's actually nice. It's nice uh, sparkling wine. Uh, Is it dry or sweet? Where Where does your palate come out on? It's dry. Mm-hmm. It's dry. It's not overly sweet. It's celebratory wine, and it's a good. It's good. Things are good. I feel like celebrating. So twenty acres. Like, how does that come up? What are you going to do? Farm on it? We are. Uh, you know, we live in South Florida on the east side, yep. closer to Miami, and we're going to move closer to Fort Myers. And uh, there's a 
solar, a fully solar community that's being built. And there's a lot of hoopla going on around it. So we bought 20 acres nearby. So there's going to be a lot more amenities and we're going to be the, you know, the people that we are and uh, Scott can shoot a gun without bugging people. And, (laughs) and I can, you know, have like lunch, a lot of dogs and maybe like a miniature donkey and Mm -hmm. maybe a goat and have some chickens and a little garden. So what what about an alpaca? Like girl, girl meets pioneer woman kind of shit, you know, (laughs) it'll be fun. Will you have an alpaca or two maybe? I mean, you know, I'm not ruling it out. Never say yeah. never, right? So never gonna, say never. You're going to have to move. Like you're moving from this house to a new house. Yeah. Well, wow. you know, Scott's not going to have to work out of the laundry room anymore. And we might have a little more space. So, yeah, Well, I hope so. At 20 acres, you could probably take one or two for yourself. Build a house on it. And maybe for my parents. I was thinking, Greg, this is what I was thinking is we're going to do like a little grilling festival or kind of like back in the day when they used to do the the thing with Kingsford, Kingsford University. Like we get all of our friends together and we do like a little barbecue festival yeah. with the cool people in the know and we film some good content and we have a blast. And even before the house is built, we just camp out there. We'll rent some RVs and we'll just have a blast and connect and have fun. All right, I'm down for that. I like the, I like where you're going with that. I see a little yeah. old old school Kingsford University. Maybe in a uh, we can for old time's sake we can like get a big tour bus and back up five miles in the middle of nowhere just for fun. It's totally inside. I think you and me and John Dawson are the only ones that understand that. Oh my God! I was just thinking about talking about this to you today about when we were on that tour bus and Brad Orison would be was being so damn funny and just yelling random shit into the air <laughs> just so funny yeah getting, like yes getting the gang back and making some fun stories together uh we're talking with robin lindar's grill girl grillgirl.com her website at grill girl robin on instagram so big news we're going to be talking about uh, aside from the 20 acre purchase you have a is this your first cookbook coming out well, technically, it's my first book in print coming out. Okay. I have published an ebook before, but yes, yeah, yay! Yeah. So exciting. Um, this, I am giving birth to a cookbook baby. I tell you what, like, I am excited. Like, All right. Look at that. Hold on. Let me pop you up on the screen. Oh, there are you. Healthy Electric Smoker Cookbook. So, how yeah. does this come to be? You know, I'm always in the business dealings of stuff when I have an author on. So, I'm wondering, is this a idea that Robin had and started pitching it around? Did somebody contact you and said, hey, Robin, we have a idea that somebody should be writing a electric smoker cookbook kind of a thing, and we think you're the gal to do it, and let's put a deal together. How does that whole thing come to be? Yes, and I want to take this time so when people listen to your show as not just the radio show that it is, but as a podcast too, um, you know, cookbooks come about in so many different ways. And I've done an ebook before. I've talked to cookbook publishers. I've thought about self publishing, which is definitely a viable option these days. Um, and, but I also want to preface or follow that with saying that on that following note, you have so many options in the, in the publishing industry and you don't have to wait for a cookbook to come to you. Mm. You can, create your own destiny with so many options out there. Having said that, what I want to back up with 
um, is I went to, I'm just going to give you a side story for just a second, because I think this will make everyone just feel better about wherever, whatever path you're on in life. Um, like about four years ago before I had Hunter, uh, my CrossFit coach at the time, Shondell, love you, Shondell. I'm a CrossFit dropout, but I love Shondell. She was my CrossFit coach. And she went to this like Oprah seminar and she came back and was so inspired. And we were doing these potlucks and we do CrossFit and do a potluck and I love food. So I was so excited. And then we got together and we did vision boards and we talked about it and I created a vision board and I put it out into the universe and I'm not trying to be all religious and everybody because I, I am a Christian and that's what I believe. But I will tell you that I am a very open-minded Christian. I curse more than anyone out there. And, you know, <laughs> but I put on my vision board, I wanted to do a pub cookbook. And I will tell you what, that if you put things out in the universe, they will come to you. You have to ask God and you have to tell him or whoever you, you know, whatever is important to you, you just have to put it out there. And, and I, and this publisher came to me and I always said, when I'm 40 on my cookbook, I mean, on my bucket list is to write a cookbook and maybe I'll do it when I get my sabbatical with my day job, which is another story. Cause I'm plotting a lot of things behind the scenes right now and things all just fell into place. Mm. And it wasn't that, you know, things were perfect, but I put it out in the universe and it's interesting how, um, the universe listens to you and it will not always give you what you want, but what you need, because I never thought I would write a book about electric smoking. Cause I don't really haven't done much of that. I've done smoking on a grill or a smoker, but I do feel that this is a medium to reach a lot of females as their entree into the world of smoking and grilling. Because with the, the research I've done with some of the electric smoker people out there, the demographic is about 50 50, hmm. which compared to grilling is usually 70 30. So I think it's, it's really a cool opportunity. Do you feel, uh, not anchored or, I mean, do you feel responsible to some degree, not in a bad way by any stretch, but I mean, is it your passion to pull women into the, I mean, you're obviously in it, you're legit, you have a lot of followers, uh, people in the industry, myself and a number of the folks, you know, it's not like, oh, there's just cute Robin, but she's, you know, kind of bullshit. I mean, you're the real deal. Do you feel like... Oh. Um, do you feel, I mean, you know, take it from me, who's an absolute loser, but that's how I feel. You're not a loser. You're like one of my best buds. Oh. And I would, I don't want you to say that because you know you're a badass. So don't even go there. Do you feel like you're, that you should be pulling in women to, to get them into this medium? Is that, uh, I mean, uh, it seems like in the beginning that maybe that was like the deal. And then, yeah, that's you know always what, been Craig? a continuing thing for you. I will tell you that I feel like it's a calling, but at the same time, I feel disappointed in myself that when I look at the demographics on my website, I realize that it's still 70% men, 30% women, but the women that are into it are awesome. You know, so it is what it is. I just wanted to be approachable for anyone. And I don't want people to think like that. If you're a chick that's into grilling, you have to be that like big fat lady pit master. That's like, really unapproachable and like gnarly. Like you can just be like a normal person and like to cook and like to grill. And you know what I mean? Like, let's just break some stereotypes and just say that like, this is another style of grilling. And why do the guys have to have all the fun? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to have a label on it. 
But I also just feel like when more women, if they would experience how fun it is to grill, because usually what I've found is that the women are the ones that do all the prep work going into grilling for their husbands anyway. But like then they get to go outside and drink beer and have fun on the grill. And like, why don't they get to have that experience? Because it's enjoyable and fun and rewarding. And it's it's part of being a good hostess and an entertainer is to like school yourself on that aspect of the whole experience. Uh, so let's talk about the book writing process. Um, how did you find it? Was it easy? I mean, obviously you're well versed at coming up with recipes or going places for inspiration, and then using that to go back and do something for the website. But how was the book? The book was like, I mean, it, it's so it's a division of um, Random House, which is DK, DK. Which, truth be told, my my um, experience with DK had been with Hunter for his Lego books because. Um, Hunter's super into Legos and so is Scott and we're like the super dorky Lego house. So a lot of my books exposed with DK have been through that. But what I discovered with them is that their, their books are very, um, almost like a manual or like a reference guide, which I really like, which makes them, uh, really easy to learn from. And also, uh, their, their, their pages are very coded. Like, like you're, they're really great for learning from and taking notes from. And they approached me and I was like, holy shit, if this publisher is interested in me, I'm going to give it my go. Even though I have no idea how they found me. I think I have some tags on my site for electric smoking. I have not done a ton of electric smoking, but to do this book, I turned myself into an electric smoking like expert. And they, they positioned it like electric smoking is like the outdoor equivalent of like crock pot Mm. cooking which I was like, I had never thought about it that way, but I was thinking like, I'm going to develop really kick-ass recipes that can be approachable for all types of smoking. And what you'll see is that a lot of the recipes are like my tried and true grilling recipes that I've, ad- I've adapted for smoking and the flavor p- profiles are like super spot on to be adaptable to different types of smokers and even grills or like um, pellet smoking. So these are like my tried and true recipes that I put into this book. So even if you don't own an electric smoker, I think uh, it's adaptable if you like to smoke. Like, And the idea is that behind the book, what I'm trying to do is teach people that you can layer flavors, right? Like when you think about smoke, smoke, just like Stephen Reichlin says, who's on your show, smoke is like that um, umami, right? It's like that other ingredient and it's a layer of flavor that just adds to whatever you cook. So um, think of it as like a flavor laying machine in essence. And what I try to do in the book is infuse ways to, uh, sorry, my dog just came in the room, is infuse ways to layer on more layers of smoke, complementing what you're cooking without being overpowering to really just create something that's super kick-ass. And so even I did that in like desserts with things like um, cold smoking the chocolate and making like a, uh, like I call it a campfire s'mores cheesecake and like that, like smoking spices. So I think in the world of barbecue, if you can teach yourself and it's not that hard to smoke your own spices and take on flavor elements of different types of wood you can really, just like some people might create their own signature like cologne or perfume, you can do that with smoke and spices and ingredients. And think of it as like, 
you know, what is this, this combination of flavors and smells and like umami experience that I am contributing to this dish? And so I'm totally dorking out here for a second. But, you know, one thing I did have a hard time with was like, you're never going to be able to cook collard greens to total um, like softness. That's like a retarded sounding word, but you get the idea. Robin, Robin, you can't say that. Jeez, you can't say it. It does sound retarded when you say it. Oh, Robin. You can't say that word. Come on. Use a better word than that. Sounds wrong. It sounds incorrect. I'm wrong and incorrect. So it just is what it is. Um, But you get the idea. So anyway, the idea is to teach you guys to to develop those like to to create those ingredients that are so kick-ass that like if you're like going to a competition or hosting a dinner party you're like i smoked the spices that went into this rub and it's so fucking awesome that we're about to have a really kick-ass meal and that's what it's about it's just like enabling you to learn the tools to really like amp up the flavor profile but uniquely create it your own hopefully right like giving you the skills to take it out and customize it and perfect it to what makes you happy and this book is coming out may 7th correct yes and it's on pre-order i still need to judge the the landing page but yes i am giving birth to a cookbook baby and i hope you guys enjoy it (laughs) Uh, quickly before i run out of time you're doing another steak cook-off in and believe it or not this is I guess this is the name of the city. Frostproof Florida? Yes. Really? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, April 20, uh, sorry, a- April 12th in Frostproof Florida. You Well, just to clarify, Greg, yeah. Frostproof is in the citrus area and so they they a lot of those areas have those names. Um because it is it's in citrus prone prime citrus growing area and if if um it's right near where my Dad's cousin lives where we evacuated for Hurricane Irma, and it is like totally just citrus. That's and lots of pretty lakes, so it's going to be a beautiful place to have a state competition. And it's you and Pops. Uh, Scott is going to be going. Is are you guys competing as like a team of three, or are, is some? Or is it going to be yeah, three independent? Actually, we're a team of four because right. Hunter is on the team, and he's going to be doing the kids' cook off as well. Yes, and he's so excited. And, you know, I got really inspired when I did the steak cook-off at um, the shed because um, Brad Orison had all his kids entering and some other kids. And it was so cool to see. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have to get I have to get Hunter involved. And um, he's super excited. You know, he already has his own little mini Max right. um, green egg. Um, I don't know what he's going to compete on. Maybe that. I don't know. But he's stoked. I mean, he's not even four. You guys don't tell me. I don't think he's technically the legal age to compete, but he's he's almost there. And I mean, I don't even think he's. It's like it's not the same for him to compete against a seventeen year old, but he's gonna get out there and and like do his thing, and it'll be like really fun and cute to watch. <laughs> uh, so this is the twelfth. So you're gonna be able to recap it next month, and obviously the mindset going into this one much different than when you were going down to the shit. Well. Yes and no, because that we're all competing and it's going to, it's going to be competitive on our side. It's not just about Hunter. Like that's a side thing, but 
Um, this one is a, a pre-qualifier for the World Food Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about like you were so anti-rub and all this other stuff. But we've learned that that was a bad idea. And, and the mindset this time is going to be different than going down to to the shit. Yeah. And you know what? Uh-oh. Scott has such a hard on for cooking the steak sous vide. <laughs> like, I can't even tell you. Like, he's like, we have to do it sous vide. You know, it's the best way. And dad's like, all right, whatever. But, you know, and he's been, dad's like BFF with Johnny Joseph now and they talk on Facebook all the time. So mm. who, the heck, who the heck knows with that? Like, so we have all these competing interests. So mm. um, we may be doing it via sous vide, which could be new and cool and different. And we'll share the experience with you guys. All right. So. Well, we'll look for that uh, the third Tuesday of next month in April. In the meantime, it's the Grill Girl, Robin Lindars, grillgirl.com, the website at Grill Girl Robin on Instagram. Follow her there. And then, of course, the new book, May 7th, it will be coming out, Healthy Electric Smoking. Robin, thank you so much, as always. And I do want to plug, Greg, that um, healthy, I have a lot of paleo and keto adapted recipes, and there's a whole backstory there I didn't even get into, but we'll talk about it next time. So, All right. Sounds good. There she is, Robin Lindars, the grill girl right there. How about that? Wow. I mean, that was absolutely intense. Did she say her husband had a... I don't know what she said. All right. Uh, We're going to wrap the first hour right after I talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. They have great rubs, cattle prod, cash cow, sweet money, just to name a few. In fact, they have 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. They also have a great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. They have the West Coast offense. They're great sauces if you want to try those. BigPapaSmokers.com, the place to go to buy. Also, aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they have the very best charcoal, pellet, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a cooker that's easy to use, the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill is the one you want to try. Big Papa's, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. If you don't like that, you can try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his trailer. And then you have the M-Grill for the backyard enthusiasts like me. Some people use them in steak competitions as well. They're built like tanks, so last forever. You can call 877-828-0727 with any questions or visit the website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. We are racing towards the top of the hour, all caught up now. Thanks again to Robin Lindar for... Lindar? Robin Lindars, it's plural. There was more than one of her last night or tonight. We congratulate her and her husband Scott on the 20-acre purchase. They're moving, folks. And before the countryside estate is built, there could be shenanigans and tomfoolery on property grounds. Also, thanks to Stephen Reichland in the first hour. 
Phil Luswick emailing, subject line, apology. Greg, I just wanted to write and apologize for my behavior when Meathead was on the show last week. There was beer involved. Uh-oh. Did I miss something? Phil, what are you talking about? I didn't know anything was happening. You're fine. All right, we're going to break here quickly. We'll get into the second hour. A couple great interviews. And I will weigh in on the college scandal right after this. Stick around.